Hey, welcome to Soba Sisters, the podcast. This is your host, Megan Wilcox, a certified alcohol-free life coach, mindset coach, retreat leader, and the proud founder of Soba Sisters Sobriety. You know, it was just three years ago that I was drinking wine most nights to cope with my difficult divorce. I wasn't even able to string together a few nights without alcohol. And now I'm coming up on three years alcohol-free next month. And I want to just share all the tips and tricks and resources and everything that I have learned over the last three years to get me to a point where I am just living my best, most authentic life, free from alcohol, free from it taking up any brain space. So sit back, relax, enjoy this podcast. If you like it and enjoy it, please, I would appreciate a rating or a review. And let's just dive right into the next episode. Hey, you guys, I just got back from the most incredible alcohol-free retreat in the beautiful Punta Cana, Dominican Republic. I hosted a retreat with 13 other amazing alcohol-free women. And I want you to experience this transformative healing opportunity. And that is why I'm bringing to you two retreats coming up in 2024. The first one is in Bali, Indonesia in April. You can still get in that. I booked this retreat back last April when I was there hosting a retreat. I knew I had to come back and bring as many women as I could to experience the magic of Bali. The next one is gonna be in Vermont and that isn't gonna be in May, 2024. You can still get in on both of these retreats. And the beautiful thing about it is that if you sign up now, you will also receive access to group coaching between now and the retreats. That way you can really get the support that you need leading up to the retreat and the tools that you'll need to keep going confident in your sober journey. Please reach out to me if you're interested in joining either of these retreats. We still have a couple spots left. And yeah, let's just dive right into this episode. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sobasis the Podcast. I am joined by my friend Suzanne Werai. Suzanne is the creator of The Sober Mom Life and My Kind of Sweet. And she is just wonderful, amazing. She's a mom, a wife. Uh, a fashionista. I'm so jealous of her uh, style and all of that. And I'm not good at any of that stuff. But anyways, thank you, Suzanne, for being here. <laughs> Megan, thanks for having me. I don't believe you. I think you are very stylish. I've seen I've seen your reels and, and your photos. You are. <laughs> I don't know. I may have been called uh, Punky Brewster. Like I'm not always matching. I'm like, sometimes okay, I'm not but- colorblind. <laughs> See, I think that that's chic. I think Punky Brewster was like so chic, right? She was ahead of the like ahead of her time. She was, I I love her. I love her vibe. I love it. Well, all right then. Then so I'll there take you go. it. But <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Have you seen? Um, I have these jeans, and you know, like today you can't find like regular jeans. It's very difficult. Yeah. But I have these jeans with like two big holes in it, and they're so yeah. comfortable. And my kids hate them. Like every old man I see, they're like, "Hey, we're." What happened to your jeans? Like, oh, totally. Like, I don't know. Like, did you have style. to pay full price for the jeans <laughs> right. even though the knees are missing? You're like, oh my God, it's so funny. I've never heard yes. that before. 
(laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, I don't care. They're so comfortable, whatever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I'm again, just so excited for you to be here because just everything that you stand for. I mean, obviously the sober mom life and um, it's just something that you know, it's obviously very passionate to both of us and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the whole, you know, mommy, mom, wine culture stuff and then mm. how to navigate and what is life really like without wine. And I really want to talk to you too about, um, like your social life and friends, because that's something that comes up a lot is losing friends or changing friends and, or people are worried about not being accepted or being judged and, so I really yeah. want to kind of dive into that stuff. But um, before we do, why don't we just tell me a little bit about your journey with alcohol and quitting yeah. and everything like that? Yeah. Well, I'm excited to be here and be on your podcast this time. You've been on my podcast, so this is exciting. Um, my story is a little bit different. I, when I stopped drinking, so I stopped drinking in January 2020. Um, you know, before the pandemic, before the world fell apart. And so when I stopped drinking, I wasn't um I wasn't a daily drinker. I wasn't in active addiction. Looking back, my story does include those things. It it does include, you know, drinking in high school and then in college binge drinking. I went to the University of Wisconsin Green Bay. And Green Bay was ranked just like this year. It continues to top the charts of the drunkest cities in the United States. It's number one. I think Wisconsin has like 10 or like 12 of the top 20 cities, the drunkest cities. Um, Wow. So, right? I know. And it's funny because everyone, like everyone who comes on my podcast is like in my area, like my city is just a big drinking city. And I think they're right. Like, America's a big drinking country. I mean, the world, okay, is obsessed with alcohol. Yeah. Newsflash. Um, but definitely in Green <laughs> Bay, I mean, it wasn't weird. You know, I, I it was binge drinking, um, drinking Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, even sometimes, you know, and like dragging yourself to class. And that was just kind of the way that it went. There wasn't an intervention because everyone was doing that. That did carry then into my 20s. I moved to Atlanta after I graduated. And I mean, I I definitely was the party girl, you know? I was in college. I was a bartender. And and so I I leaned into that party girl thing, and it was fun. (laughs) It was uh, problematic uh, because... You know, and and when you're in it, you just don't know, especially in your early 20s. Like, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. I didn't take the time to think, huh, why am I drinking so much? And what am I escaping? And how am I using this to cope? And all of the things that, you know, now in my 40s is clear. Um, And so my drinking just kind of continued. And I, like, continued to not daily, not, you know, not in the morning, not hiding it, but just definitely leaning into the party lifestyle. Um, that continued. Then I moved to Chicago and I think I was 27 and I was working at Bloomingdale's. I was a manager. I was, you know, living in the city and it was just, 
again, like you find when you're a party girl or party person, like you find your people, right? And so it doesn't seem weird. It just, it just never seemed weird. That said, it didn't feel good. And the shame was there, right? And so I would drink then not to feel the shame because shame is really hard to feel and it sucks. And so, but then, yeah, so I always say I met- the shame's the shame worse than the hangover so- yes. sometimes. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so true. It, it really is. I think shame is probably, it for me definitely was the most corrosive emotion and, and just mm-hmm. like, sitting in it, I think is, is almost, it feels at the time, it feels impossible. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that drinking chapter of my life had many, you know, one night stands and, uh, 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 you know, not knowing how I got home and blackouts and, um, just things that I would never normally do. And I would never, that that just felt very unlike who I was and not my character. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that was something that was really hard to, to sit with and realize later. Um, and then I met my husband when I was 30 and I did, I was ready. Like I was ready to, I was like, okay, like this is a new chapter now. Like I didn't outgrow drinking in my 20s, binge drinking in my 20s. But now, you know, I was like, okay, I'm ready. And for the most part, I I was and I did. And, you know, we did party a little bit, but it wasn't and, and we definitely drank, definitely. But it was it slowed down um, when I had my first. So my oldest is nine. And so when I had her, I battled postpartum anxiety and OCD. And so that I really think rocked my world so much that it took center stage. And like, I, I couldn't, I just, I was in such a battle and at war with my brain that I couldn't turn to alcohol. I think that it could have gone the other way that's, you know, you would want to turn to alcohol so that you could just shut it off. But I was really hanging on by a thread and, and, and got to a pretty scary place of, suicidal thoughts and stuff. And I, I waited too long to get help. And so then once mm-hmm. I got help, I Why still- Why do you think you waited so long to get help? What do you think? I, I thought, I mean, I really did think that it was, that it was, I, I'm so, I, I, I just love the pup. I'm sorry. I don't know if you, if you edit this, but I can't help when a puppy no, comes out. I, I'm like, oh my gosh, look at the pup. Um, right. And he was like playing with this chew toy and while you're talking. So I'm like, I got to pick him up. Cause it's like hitting the floor. I'm like, so oh my gosh, sweet. I'll just pick him up. But yeah. You know, um, cute. thank you. I think I, I think I waited because I, I really did think that they would put me in a, an institution. I thought I would be locked up if I, if I shared, if I shared what was going on in my brain, um, and what I was battling, I just didn't know that it was a biological thing that was happening in my brain and that it was, you know, 
that other women had been affected by it, not the ones that I heard about in the news that actually did these horrible things, right? Mm. And so I, mm-hmm. I was I was terrified. I I was terrified. And I, I waited a year and a half. And in wow. it, it for a year and a half I was it, it was the the darkest time of my life. Like I you know, and still trying to do everything I could to connect with her and and going overboard trying to connect with her and make sure that she was okay because that was the most important thing and just setting me to the side and saying like, you know. So once I finally said out loud and, and you know, I said I need help because it got to the point where I it was going to be that I would sacrifice mis- myself. It felt like that mm-hmm. to save her. Um, which any mom would do. And that was, I thought that that was my choice. And once I said, I think that this is really bad. And I think that I'm, I think I'm, I'm in really scary territory here for my safety. Uh, man. And like just sitting down in the therapist's office and really just deciding to tell the truth, like, okay, if you lock me up in an insane asylum or whatever, if there are in a mental institution, that's so be it because I can't do this anymore. And then she just said, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, this is postpartum OCD. I was like, what? Are you ki- What? And she was like, yeah, no, no, no. It's like, a thing? This is I'm a like, thing? Like- right. I'm like, well, why didn't anybody tell me this? And it was like, she was like, no, the fact that you are so freaked out and just like can't – like tells me – none of this is going to happen. You know, like it's not mm-hmm. psychosis. Like you're, I didn't have like voices telling me like this was a good idea. Like it was just a very, so yeah. And so if anyone is struggling, if anyone thinks if you, I, I always make it a point just to say, first of all, how hard it is to be in a battle with your brain and with your thoughts. And you think that you're the only person who can understand and the only person who has gone through it. And I just want to tell you, you're not, you are so not alone. Women, I think we struggle with this in silence and secret and secrecy, and it's very dangerous for us and our mental health. And so ask for help. They're not gonna, they're not going to, uh, their jaw's not going to hit the floor. They're going to say, oh, okay, yeah, we know what this is and we'll help you. And so I got help and I got on medication that I'm still on for OCD. Um, and so I do think that that did have some sort of effect on my drinking. I, I just think that I, I, I couldn't – there was just no, no room. There was just no room for alcohol. I did then start – like I had two more babies and and I would drink, right? I would drink – not not so much around them. I did have one one instance when my oldest was a baby. When I was going through the postpartum when I blacked out and she was a baby, you know, she was 10 months old or something. And it was with my best friend and she had the baby the same age. And I, I felt just like oh, holy shit, this can never happen. And so it was a very much like, I will control this, right? And like, and I think my story is different because I I did, I did quote unquote control it. Um, 
pretty well. Like, I, I you know, I, I didn't black out again in front of my kids. You know, I did my last day of drinking. I did. Um, but I wasn't around them. I was at a party with my husband. Right. And I, I, there was, I, I didn't lose. I, I didn't, alcohol really didn't affect motherhood for me. But that doesn't mean that I didn't feel shame pretty much every time I drank. And then that right. did affect it. And so I get asked by people like, well, how much were you drinking when you quit? Right. And I always, yeah, right. I think that that's such a, I think that's a tough question because first it, it, it kind of gets to that like, oh, well, quote unquote, how bad were you? Right. And then I'm going to compare whether or not I need to examine my relationship with alcohol. And so I always say it just doesn't matter because the shame was the same. By the end, when I stopped drinking, it didn't matter if I had two glasses of wine or if I blacked out like the last time I drank, the shame that I felt and just like the escaping myself and not being able to count on myself felt the same. And so the shame's the right. same no matter no matter what. And so, yeah. And exactly. then, yeah. So then when I stopped, um, I just decided to, I didn't even know that I could stop and not call myself an alcoholic, but I knew that that didn't feel right to me. And so then I went on this quest and I started learning all of these things. And then I was like, well, I want to tell other moms these things and I want to, you know, learn with other moms and share. And so then I started the sober mom life. I had been an influencer since my oldest was a baby. I created my kind of suite because I was struggling so much and I needed something else. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's kind of the long version. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm sure it's the long version for sure. But yeah, yeah. What I, I love how you said though, you know, when people, cause I get asked that too, like, well, how much were you drinking? And I know that they're trying to compare or gauge like, um, and it's yes. just like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much or how often, even if you're drinking once or twice a month, yeah. but if those, or every night, it's like, um, it, but if when you drink, you don't like yourself the next day, you beat yourself up, you're just have that shame. That's enough. That's yeah. totally enough reason to, you don't have to hit rock bottom. And really it's better to listen to your intuition and stop and ask for help before it gets to that point because yes. you know I don't want to know where mine would have maybe ended up like I I still was like performing well at my job and my kids were taken care of the one that was suffering was me right <laughs> yeah really. and like if you're asking that question it's it almost feels like you're asking for permission to examine your relationship with alcohol and you know, that might be what's underneath there, even though there's fear on top of that and maybe some judgment or all of the kind of shit that we have to work through with the stigma of sobriety and all of that. Um, but I, I do think if if you even think to ask, well, how much were you drinking? Um, I think that that's a sign, probably. That yeah, you, I think that's a, a huge yeah, sign. That you're ready to <laughs> to examine your own 
relationship with alcohol. And that's all that, you know, it can start there. Who knows where that examination will lead and what it'll feel like. But um, I think just realizing that you qualify for Mm -hmm. that examination, no matter how much you're drinking, I think that that's always what I want to get across. And it's like, well, we don't have to. You know, it's no longer this competition of, well, who had it worse? Like, I, I, I hate when I, when that, that kind of creeps into the conversation because I do think that that takes the focus off. Just, just allowing, allowing everyone to examine their relationships with alcohol and see where that leads. Exactly. And what I absolutely love about you and what you stand for and I don't know when I joined uh, your Facebook group, yeah. The Sober Mom Life, which I think is just so amazing. Like that group is <laughs> insane. Yeah. So active, people posting. Yeah. I mean, and it's a Facebook group. It's Anyone can join it and it yeah. doesn't cost anything. And, yeah. you know, and I, I just, I'm always blown away. I'm like, wow, these people are just so active in it. Um, but that you have like very, you know, strong, um, you know, guidelines yes. of, you know, it's not AA. We don't, yes. we're, we're, this isn't what we stand for. We don't use the word alcoholic. We don't say we're powerless over alcohol. Yes. And I just, I absolutely love that because I think so many of us, especially women need, need that like permission to just be like, yeah, you don't, you don't have to label yourself. You don't have to, yeah. just, you know, say that you're weak. Uh, it's a poisonous, a super highly addictive, psych- psychoactive drug. Yes. Like we're not over here talking about water or something, right. you know? <laughs> right. So I, I love how like strict and like, I don't want to say like strict, no. like adamant. You're just like, whoa, anybody you're out of here. I know. Okay. <laughs> this is so funny that you bring this up because yes. So the Facebook group I started, you know, and I've, ha- I've started other Facebook groups before and it's generally hard to get a Facebook group going, right? Like with my kind of suite, I had one and I remember like texting my cousin and I'm like, can you post to the Facebook group and ask a question or something? <laughs> like, can you get this <laughs> Can you get this going? Right, right. And so when this one started to take off, and yeah, I think now we have like 40,000 moms in there, um, which is bananas to me. I mean, crazy. It's, it's crazy. And I actually, I like as, as soon as I started it, I knew that I had to be very protective of the moms who needed something else, mm-hmm. who needed a place to go that wasn't AA. And that didn't label and that accepted sober curious moms because before Mm. that there was no place for sober curious moms to go without judgment and without having to say, oh, you took a sip of alcohol. Well, you're out, right? Or like, and you know, I, I, if AA works for you and everything like that, that's amazing. That's, That's whatever works for you. But I knew that I needed I needed some someplace else. And so now it is very I, I have thankfully um a team who, you know, they I, I have a team of admins and Audrey, my my right hand woman, she heads up that team. And they are very, very strict. Like we don't 
we don't allow the word alcoholic. We don't allow not even a lot of like day one, like, oh, day one again, those posts. We, we, and, and, you know, it's always with a little bit of coaching, like, hey, can we turn this or not like toxic positivity? Like, hey, how can you be positive? No, because sometimes it's a shit show, right? Sometimes life just right, lives. Right. But how can we make it without judgment and shame, right? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it, we, it is, it is moderated the hell out of and like it's I have to keep it that way (laughs) yeah no I I can totally appreciate that I think it's amazing and like you said it's protecting yes these women it really is and once they like fall into line and like I have you know I have my own you know um mission statement and all those things and things that I'm you know like I'm on if people do have a day one again that it's like, yeah. all right, you know, I'm not going to, you're not kicked out. And, right. anybody, and I, I don't even care if you restart your clock. And sometimes people, they don't agree with that, but I'm like, I'm very, yeah. I don't care about always counting days. That doesn't work for everybody. And it could be more discouraging when you're like, you're back at day one again. Exactly. Like people yeah. will just sometimes give up and never come back. Yeah. So um, I'm like, you know what? Just don't even count it as a journey. Yes. Like it's all journeys. You can count your days and never restart it because you're always learning yes. and growing. Yes. And I think that works for a lot of people and it worked for me too. So yeah, the I- that's when we create our own things, we can make the guidelines. Right. And the <laughs> idea of a day one, I think, I think, well, just for me, it doesn't make sense. It just, I, everything, you're bringing everything with you. Right. And so it's, it's, and so many times that quote unquote failure is a step forward and it's not a failure. It's a part of, it's all a part of this examination process. And so that's why like I accept people in there who are still moderating. And because a lot of times moderating, we have to go through the moderation period. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to go through it. My mom is a therapist and we talk about like the five stages of change and, and, you know, and, and it's not just my story. I think it can look like I just like woke up one day, decided, and then that was it. But there was that whole many years of moderating and you have to go through that and, and you have to kind of be so, I don't know, you, something happens in the moderation phase where you get very sick and tired of, at least I did of giving alcohol like a really big pass and like making many excuses for alcohol. And then once you start telling the truth, it just becomes very clear. It's like, oh, alcohol is the problem. I'm not. Like I was fine before it, right? It's like, oh, you are the asshole. (laughs) Alcohol, not you. (laughs) Exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, you know, it's, you know, I know my drinking really ramped up. Uh, it was kind of similar to yours too, where I drank in my younger years. Then I, I had kids and I was a stay-at-home mom and I didn't really, I wasn't really drinking until I discovered wine in the whole, in the whole yes. like, okay, this is going to relax you from the stress. And then, then it kind of just slowly like, you know, changed or going to like my first play date at 11 o'clock in the morning and everybody having mimosas yes. and then being like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, we, this is how it, right. it went. But um, but yeah, I think just if you, I probably did years of like, okay, you know, all the rules and yeah. moderation. And then it's like, you dip your toe back in enough times. And finally you're like, all right, like 
same result yes. every time. It's never going to change. You're never going to be able to like feel good after a night of drinking. It's so, yes. but you, people do have to think, figure that out on their own until they're ready. And I think supporting them, uh, surrounding themselves with supportive people yeah. and people who are doing it, mm-hmm. you know, like you or, or me mm-hmm. and then the people in our groups, yeah. um, then to see that it's like possible and that you can still have a really awesome, amazing, even better yes. life than what you had before. And I think that's kind of what definitely what, what you, you stand for. So that's my next yeah. question actually yeah. is how did your social life get affected? Was it, um, as far as friends, did you lose friends yeah. or, you know, Right. as a quotation. Uh, how did that all Yeah. All so and were you nervous to, to share? Well, so it's interesting when I, st- so I stopped in January, 2020. And so I really did have the um, benefit of not having to really answer any of that social stuff because we were all hibernating anyway. Right. And so I didn't have, you know, I didn't, there were no social events on my calendar for like what a year and more. Right. Cause 2020 and I live on the North shore of Chicago and it was, I mean, we were very locked down and we were very like very, we will follow all, all the rules and all the, I remember my like husband going to Walgreens and I was like, Oh, how could you be so reckless? You know? <laughs> And it's just like so wild to think about that time. But so I really did like Mm. hibernate for like a year. I didn't have to do a lot of, there weren't big parties. There, there wasn't any of this, I don't know. And, and I, I also decided very pretty soon in maybe June is when I decided to like go public with my sobriety before I had like questions answered and I was still figuring it out, but it was really important to me that I didn't want to hide it. I, that felt, that felt, that was like signaling to myself that it was something to be ashamed of. And I didn't feel ashamed of it. I've never felt ashamed of it. I've always felt very proud of myself and that can rub people on Instagram the wrong way, mainly mainly old white men. Um, and they're like, obviously your ego is not in check. And obviously you haven't got this pride thing figured out. I don't know. I'm like, I know. Isn't that great? Doesn't that scare you that I'm proud of myself and that my ego is finally mm-hmm. healthy? Like watch out. Um, and so I wanted to share it. Yeah. I, I think as far as friends, so, you know, I'm 43. I turned 40. Um, during the first year of my sobriety, and I think something happens, at least it did for me, in that, and I've never been like a friend collector, you know? I've never been like, ooh, like, I, <laughs> same, right? Like, I've, I've just, I've always wanted less friends, but like quality, quality friends. Yes. And I've, quality over quantity. Yes. I always say that to my kids. Yes. Too. Like, mm-hmm. I have never, yeah, I'm just not a collector of friends. I'm not, if I have a birthday party, I'm not going to have 50 people come. I'll have like six. You know what I mean? And it'll be like an intimate, like, mm-hmm. let's talk. Let's like really talk about how we're doing. And so my mm-hmm. my best closest friends are still my best closest friends. And, you know, one of my best friends, actually, most of them still drink. Um, and it's fine. It's 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 not been a thing. 
it's just not been an issue. Um, they can, you know, I just went to New York city to visit one of my best friends. That. Yeah. And she, she still drinks while I was there. She didn't. And I was like, you know, you can drink. She's like, no, I know, but I don't even want to, you know? And so then we were trying like NA beers together and we, we connected in ways that didn't involve alcohol. And then it also gave her a chance to see like, oh, wow, look at everything we did. Right. Like we did so many things and we had so much fun. And so it was a cool way for her to see that you can have more fun and, and life can feel very full without alcohol. Um, and my best friend of 43 years, uh, she actually stopped drinking just a few months before I did. And I didn't know it. And she lives in Wisconsin. And so we don't see each other every day, but we definitely are in contact all the time. And I didn't know she stopped drinking and she didn't know I stopped drinking. And that to me was such a, it put such a like fine point on this idea that especially as women, and I can only talk for, as for women, but for me, that we just aren't comfortable talking about our relationships with alcohol even with those who are closest to us, right? And so even -hmm. with our husbands or our partners or our best friends, like we're just taught not to talk about it. And so she stopped before I did. I was always the bigger, I was always the party one. (laughs) If Between the two of us, I was the one who was going to say, let's get another one. Um, And she didn't want to talk about it to me (laughs) because, you know, she was like, well, I didn't want you to think that I was going to judge you because you were still drinking. And I was like, that is so what it is. Like, there's just so much unsaid and it's such a loaded topic, pun intended, that, uh, yeah, like it's, (laughs) it was interesting. And so she's now, you know, she's sober and yeah, so my, my core friendships didn't change. I think I've gotten invited to less just social events randomly you know, like not, not anything like from my friends or anything, but just like, if it's like classroom moms who like a couple of people are getting together, they're probably not going to invite me. And, and honestly, that's okay <laughs> because they're not. Right. I feel like I'm the same, yeah. same way, same too. It's like, well. you don't get invited. Like, it's yeah, like the, like- you know, like the periphery or like the more like acquaintances, whereas before you would have been like, oh yeah, come. And then now they kind of just assume I wouldn't want to come because they don't know me, right? They don't know, like, right. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I feel like, yeah, I still have the same core friends. And it's funny, like, they don't – drinking actually wasn't something that we did together. Yeah. Um and then, and none of them live near me because I'm also like a transplant uh, as far as like, I, I'm, I live in Boston for 20 years, but I'm not originally, I'm from Buffalo, New York. Yeah. And so two of my best friends actually live back in Buffalo from childhood. And then my other friend was a friend I used to bartend with 20 something years ago. And she's a bartender who doesn't drink. Yeah. She just, she stopped when she was 19 oh, years wow. old. And, and so those are definitely my, yeah, she's like. I just, I think one night she drank and got in a fight with some guys and she was like, whoa, okay. So she never drank. And so my, and it's just, but as far as in town, I feel like people don't, um, but you know, it's funny, they might not call me to hang out, but I will get random text messages like, Hey, um, can I come to your group? Or 
I really want to quit drinking, you know, like just random stuff like that too. So it's like, I know, you know, they're, they're watching and, uh, and that's a beautiful thing about like the ripple effect and and people are watching Mm -hmm. us. And even if they don't say anything and it might help them cut back or just take a look at their relationship with drinking, which is really awesome that we're able to do that. And like, that's my entire goal is just to show, you know, I always say like, I glamorize sobriety. Is sobriety glamorous? No. But like they glamorize the shit out of alcohol and that is for sure not glamorous. And so if anyone is at sobriety, it's still life, right? Like life is like Instagram still isn't real. Life is still going to life. It's sober shit show sometimes. And um, but I liked <laughs> I like to show like the bright side of it because it is for me. Like it feels it's it's hands down much brighter than when alcohol was in my life. And right. like it's. It's so much better. <laughs> and just so many more benefits too. Yes. I mean, there's really not benefits of drinking. Like yeah. you said, it's glamorized and it's it's not real. It's not that they don't show the the real yeah. um customers of yeah. drinking, you know. Um, but at least with sobriety, you have a chance to follow through on your dreams. Yeah. You know, like all the stuff that's happened to me in the last three years. I'm like, oh, none of this would I would have been in the same exact place doing the same exact thing, struggling and many aspects of my life, especially financially and just never having the courage to fall through on all these dreams and ideas I had. As soon as I would drink, they'd be like, you're stupid. You're not good enough to do any of that. And so I would just stay, you know, and then as soon as I stopped, it's like, wow, it just opens up this whole vortex of amazingness. It's so true. (laughs) And even like I found that even if I did have like a good idea or – I don't know, just thought about things. If I was drinking, like if alcohol was in the picture, it doesn't matter if it was a glass of wine, if it was three glasses of wine, if alcohol was involved, I would immediately discount it as like, oh, well, that was, that's not yes. how you really felt. That was obviously the alcohol, like that wasn't a good idea or like it, and it's just immediately discounted. And now it's so different because I can have this idea or have this like thought and I could be like, oh, holy shit, where did that come from? Oh, like that came from me. Like that's actually yeah. like how I feel or that comes from my gut or intuition or whatever it is. And like I, it's definitely no – it's not a coincidence that like you – I think of Jill from Sober Powered. I think of Casey from Hello Someday. I think of all of these like badass sober women who are creating mm-hmm. and and like – this movement that we are all a part of and there's no question that it's because we are sober and obviously yes the topics but I, I just would not have done any of this stuff like you said like it just wouldn't I wouldn't have the bandwidth I wouldn't have the time I wouldn't have the inspiration the creativity the courage the any of it right to create anything yeah. 100% absolutely. And I love I love those women that you mentioned too and just look up to both yeah. of them and you and find so much inspiration and just that it can be done and that we're all capable, everybody is. Yes. Um and that usually if we're like, oh, like hating on somebody or whatever, it's cuz we're jealous that we haven't been brave enough to to do yeah. it and they have. And so it's just something really good to think about if anybody's ever like Oh, well, they have a podcast or they have this, like, 
you can do it too. Say, you know, and any of us yes. can. And especially as soon as you remove alcohol, just the floodgates open and it's 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 all possible. So Yes. Oh but so possible. I love and also just like chatting with you, catching up. Oh, I know. <laughs> and 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 like don't I, I always want to make sure people know that like I'm scared a lot of the time. Okay. So people who like look brave mm. on the outside, right? Like they're probably still scared on the inside. So don't wait for the fear to dissipate before you do something. Like just do it scared. That's it. Do it scared. All of it. Scared. <laughs> Great advice when it comes to business yes. stuff, when it comes to quitting yes. drinking, all, all of those it. things. Do it scared and you, you'll surprise yes. yourself. Absolutely. Yes. Thank yes. you. I well, feel like we could talk thank you forever. Thank so much, Suzanne. Yes. <laughs> I know. I could too. And I feel like my dog's eating a pine cone right now. So I'm like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> all of a sudden, you like, I gave him like this thing to like, like, oh, this is going to keep him occupied. And then all of a sudden, he's like, pine cone. It's like, like having those, a baby. Like, I don't even know what I have. Like it's a, like having a baby. It is. Yes. I'm like, oh my I know. God. It gets better. You- <laughs> I don't want to be like, Atticus. Atticus. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I had a scout. Kid. Scout was That's my first name. was my first little pup from To Kill a Mockingbird. Gosh. Oh my god, I love oh, it. Oh my gosh. That's yes. so funny. Interesting. Yes. Oh, well, let's seriously keep yes. in touch. I love Me chatting too. with you and I have I your podcast was like one of my favorites actually to be oh, on. Good. I I was so once we were talking, I was like, wow, she's so just like relaxed and down to earth and not like prim and proper, nope. which is what I really liked about as far as like the or podcast. Me. Like you'll be like, wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like just normal, normal conversation. Yes. And we definitely all need more of that in this world. Just um casual, um, yeah. you know, that kind of Good. stuff. So love it. And I'm you're great. So glad. And oh, where can everybody find oh, you and, and so, your yeah. everything you have going so, on? Uh the Sober Mom Life Podcast. That is always out Monday and Friday. Um, come and join the Facebook group. Come and join the 40,000 people, women only. Um, and then my kind of suite for all of like the sober inspo, full sober life style, all of that stuff. And my kind of suite.com. I'm so many places. So <laughs> I have too much going on. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys much. can yeah, find yeah. it really easily, Just but I'll put me. it all. <laughs> I'll put it all in the show notes and everything. Yeah, incredible. Thank you. Well, we will um, keep yes, in touch. And thank you you're for welcome. everything thank you. you're Appreciate doing it. And, and your like amazing trips that I I'm like I want to come on one of those. I look at all of your reels and I'm like, okay, I want to come. Okay, yes. sign me up. <laughs> I know. I saw you went to Laura yes. McCowan's and yeah. I was like, oh my God, I didn't even, that was, I wish I knew you were coming because I wasn't yes, too far. Yes, that's right. From, yeah, you guys are. Yes. Um, I'll go okay, next yeah, time. For sure. Love her. Yes. She's great. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Thanks. See you. Bye.